let's be real. Home is the place where all of the beautiful goodness Christ taught crashes headfirst into the ugly brick wall that is real life. But this is also where it starts to really matter. This is where we equip ourselves and our family with all of the tools, skills, and whatchamacallits vital to succeed in Christ. Join us in our journey to find light, positivity, and specific practical ways to make our homes little outposts of heaven so we can better brighten wherever we end up wandering. Hey everybody, welcome to Outpost of Heaven, the podcast. My name is Andrew Jordan. Hey guys, I'm Emily. And we are so grateful that you've decided to devote however long this podcast is going to turn out to be uh, to listening to us today and to our wonderful guest, Hannah Lugabill. Lugabill. <laughs> we love your last name, Hannah. It's so fun to say. <laughs> Y'all did a great job. <laughs> um, where did that name come from? Uh, I think oh, my in-laws are probably going to be mad. I think it's German. <laughs> Okay. I don't really know. It's my husband's like, last name, but I think it's German. I've, I've had several friends who have like German ancestry, mm-hmm. and they're, they have like names that are totally like not what you expect from, but from like a German sounding name. Yeah. Like we have some friends like that. They're Applenalps. Mm-hmm. Huh. Um, we're our friends that had like that Chinese sounding name, Xingxing. Xingxing. That's yeah. not German. Two like <laughs> super white kids and their last name was Xing Shang and we're like that's like sounds Chinese yeah <laughs> that's funny but it, was, it was like like German yeah. French or something yeah. like that around yeah. that border it's so strange yeah. anyways you have a rockin' last name oh well thank you you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> well uh, Emily and I were talking today and we realized that um something oh I guess Hannah might not know this but one thing we usually do on the podcast is we share like a like a uh, fail moment of our everyday lives or po buddies nerfic, especially from parenting. <laughs> um, and so we haven't done that for a while, but we had one that came up this past weekend. So we thought we'd share it. Yeah. Okay, let's so, hear it. Okay. So we had my family come and surprise us. They drove like all the way across the country and showed up on my front door and it was awesome. I loved it. Um, but so my siblings were over and we're all eating and Hiram, our son, he's three. He was playing with this like, little hammer toy thing and he kept whacking people and so we told him to stop and after like several times of telling but him he, to stop. But at first he was like playing with uh, Emily's youngest brother. Yeah. Whose name is Caleb. Right? He's 14. <clears throat> and so they were kind of like giggly giggly and thir- well 13, 14 yeah. Um, <laughs> they were all like playing together our son and my brother Caleb and um why don't you tell me? So, I always, I always uh, we're, we're all, we're, we're all eating this. dinner, okay, and uh, all of a sudden we hear Emily's sister yelling, "Ow!" Like and we turn around and we ask her what happened, and Hiram had hit her butt with the plastic hammer, and we're like, mm-hmm. "Hiram!" <laughs> and everyone like turns around and looks at him. Like at this point, we had told him several times, "Like stop it!" Yeah, and yeah. so we sent him to time out. But he, so he got super, super embarrassed. And like when when you like publicly call him out, oh yeah, he has he gets so distraught. And so what I, I try and do in those situations, I usually like take him to the other room where it's just the two of us, and I'll talk to him and I'll explain why what he did was wrong. Uh, and he was just bawling like as oh, soon as we babe. said his name. And we brought him to the room. And I'm talking to him, and I could tell he was trying to tell me something. But you know, I, I thought he was just going to say he was sorry or something that wasn't going to fix the problem. But then. Like we finally calmed down. We did a little, our little breathing thing where he can like stop or, he, or stop himself from like scream sobbing. Mm-hmm. Right. And he said, "But 
Caleb told me to. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. It's like walk out and like Caleb, like you are gonna let the three year old take the rap after, oh, after you told him. That is funny. Yeah, and so I, I don't know if I put him in timeout after that. I think, no, I think we just I think he had out. like his like crying fit and like we counted that. Right, okay, that's good. Yeah, so, that's okay. good. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. So it's not always the kid's fault. That's, That's my point. Right. That's my point. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Well, I know we didn't really warn you, Hannah, about our Pobody's nerfic moments, but oh, do you gosh. happen to have one? If you don't, that's totally fine. I don't know if I can think of, like, a good one off the top of my head. I feel like I have, like, a long fail every day, probably. Yeah. 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 I can think of a good one off the top of my head. That's okay. Yeah. Andrew always asks me, like, oh, which one should we share? And I'm like, uh... I can't think of anything, but I know things happen several times every day. Yeah. Problem is, like, there's, like, for a lot of parenting fails, you need, like, a couple days to go by before it's really funny. (laughs) Yeah. And by a couple days, like, after a couple days have gone by, there have been so many other fails that have happened that you don't remember that other fail. Right. Right. So unless they're, like, really memorable or you write it down or something, you usually forget it. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure there's yeah. one, but my, I feel like in all this craziness that's been going on with quarantine and all that mess, like my brain is totally fried. Like mm-hmm. at all times, if it's not something happening, like in the moment, I've forgotten it. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. gone forever. Yep. Totally. <laughs> that's yeah. kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah. I've been late for so many Zoom meetings the past oh, couple yeah. weeks because yeah. they're like, oh yeah, we'll do it at six. Like, okay, that's fine. I'll remember it. Like, <laughs> before all this, I was totally fine with, with scheduling with and punctuality stuff. and all that yeah. stuff. Yep. But now I'm like, I, I've been late for both of them. Both times I got a reminder from my phone saying, like, meeting starting right now. And I was, like, in the cane fields picking <laughs> yeah. blackberries or yeah. that kind of Perfect. stuff. Perfect. Great. Like, yeah, that's it. us, too. That is totally us, too. All right. Glad we're not, glad we're not alone. Oh, yeah. definitely not. Yeah. So, Hannah, can you go ahead and introduce yourself for our wonderful, beautiful listeners? Yeah. Tell us about your family and um, maybe how you met your husband. Where are you from? Sure. Yeah, I'm Hannah. Um, I've lived in Louisiana pretty much my entire life. Um, I met my husband, Jonathan, in college my freshman year at Louisiana Tech, his sophomore year. That was in the end of 2005. Mm -hmm. So we started dating in 2006, and we've been together ever since. Um, We got married in 2008. I was 20, which makes me, like, Mm -hmm. cringe to say sometimes (laughs) because I feel like that's so young. Um, We have three boys. Our oldest is Evan. He's eight. Um, our middle is Porter, and he's six, and then our youngest is Gibson, and he is three. Um, and we, yeah, we're just a sweet little family, I guess. We live on a little bit of property. We have chickens, we have bees, we have a dog. Um, we, we pretty much have a lot of craziness going on at all times, but it's a good life. That is so fun. Do you love raising chickens? It's fun. I really, like, honestly don't take care of them. My husband and my boys, like, do most of that. If my husband goes out of town, I have to, like, go feed them and get the eggs. But it is fun, especially when we let them free range. And just to see them, like, running around the backyard is really fun. That is cool. We've yeah. talked yeah. about Super that. Cool. That's always been, like, a like a little dream you have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, y'all can come get fresh eggs from us yeah. now that we're, like, close to each other. Yeah. And we have our three-year-old loves friends. Like, he's oh a, he's a very, on. very uh, yeah. social kid. And so. When all Same. this is over, we need to get together. For sure. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Okay. So, let's oh, start. Hold on. Yeah, Before yeah. we do that, the, okay, um, there was something that I noticed in your Instagram bio that I wanted to ask you about. Okay. Now I'm nervous because I don't remember what it said. <laughs> You're fine. Fine. Um, so, 
for all of our listeners, um, you you guys have probably heard us talk about being rooted. Uh, mm-hmm. That's kind of like our like our family motto, our family motto, and our family philosophy kind yeah. of thing. Um, and in your bio, the first thing it says is rooted in Christ. Right. Yeah. Can you talk about that a little bit? Um, yeah, rooted. Um, I think we actually just had a women's retreat with my church talking all about this topic. So it's pretty fresh and I just think it's so, so cool. Um, so good, um, to be rooted in something that means like what we are built, like to be built upon it. Mm-hmm. And I think more than anything, what we have to know is like to be rooted in Christ means we have to really know him. Um, and know what we're rooted in. So like everything that we have is because of him and from him and in him. Um, that's mm-hmm. like where our life comes from. That's why we can love other people. Well, that's why we can be kind. That's why we have joy and hope and peace. It's because all of it comes from him. Yeah. I, I really like that imagery of being rooted because that means like, so that's kind of portraying us as a tree. And it means like our, our roots are in the soil of right. Christ. And so like yeah. the, the nutrients we take to grow, comes from Christ. And so like what we show, right. what, what is above the surface is also part of Christ because it's us kind of expanding right. you know, with his like, help. Not only yeah. are we disconnected to him, but we're growing in him. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And it's all like, it all has to do with one another. The whole life happens because of um, like what's in the soil. And like you said, like the fruit we produce is because of him. It's not because we're trying to grow on our own because we can't. Um, yeah. But because we are rooted in him, there is that growth. Oh, I love that. I think I we're just using so that a lot. There, yeah. So um, there's this tree I really, really like. They're called aspens. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, there, lots of other trees do this, but aspens are the ones that my family are most around. Uh, they interlock their roots as they oh, grow. Wow. And so they'll be like whole groves. They're all connected. They're all connected. Them. And so like if you're ever like in the backcountry out in the West, um, You'll be like in pine trees, and then all of a sudden there'll just be this big grove. Like of, in patches, yeah. Yeah, and mm-hmm. like just these patches that grow up, and they're super, super strong uh, because their roots interlock. Uh, oh, that's and so cool. Like, that takes it to like a whole nother level. It's not just like my little tree uh, in Christ. It's like I'm in Christ, right. and Emily is in Christ, but like our connection doesn't come primarily above the ground. It's not like like the tree that's visible, that's yeah. really like inter, inter, interwoven. Mm-hmm. It's our roots are interwoven through Christ because the roots have to be in the dirt to like, to like really be in contact with each other. Mm-hmm. Man, I love this image. Yeah. I yeah. know. Like awesome. raising my hands. That's a word that'll <laughs> preach. That's so good. I love that it. Thanks so for cool. sharing that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Okay, so we're Which is really talk. funny because, like, these trees... I'm so sorry. But <laughs> no, if you're like, going. I wish my like, husband yeah. was listening, too. My husband's the tree guy in our family, too. We have, oh, like, man. so many trees on our property. Okay. So, well, we're so, gonna have to so, so these trees are really cool. They're called uh, quaking aspens. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, because when the wind blows, their leaves shudder, and it looks like they're like, waving. Yeah. That's cool. And so, like, when the wind blows, it looks like they're, like, praising Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, I'm Googling this as soon as we're done. I'm Googling This is it. awesome. I'll just send you a, a link. To, yes. Man, this is cool. I'm very excited about this. I, so this, is like our, this is like our like our philosophy thing. and So this is cool. Okay, sorry. Yeah. We can go on to our topic. No, don't be it's sorry. Okay. That's this cool. is all part of it. And so yeah. It's fine. Okay, so, but our topic today, we're happy to have Hannah on here because she has such a unique experience to share. She's had a mastectomy, and I feel like I'm saying that wrong. Um, but 
she's just going to kind of tell her story and we're going to ask questions along the way. Yep. Yeah, feel feel free to yeah. interrupt anytime. <laughs> okay. So okay. why don't you just kind of start from the beginning? Why did you decide to have this done? Like what what was the very beginning, I guess? Okay. I'm trying to think of a good starting point. Um, so I have a very strong history, family history of breast cancer in my family. Mm-hmm. Like both my grandmothers had breast cancer. I had an aunt um, with breast cancer. So it's kind of always been one of those things in the back of my mind, like mm-hmm. thinking, you know what, I probably am going to be at a higher risk for this. Um, and then I found out about this test you could do that tested for like a genetic mutation that could put you at a higher risk for cancer. Mm-hmm. And like years before that, my cousin, whose mom had passed away from cancer, got tested and found out she had this BRCA2 mu- mutation. It's BRCA. We just say BRCA because it's easier. Mm-hmm. Um, so she found out she had this mutation. I think I was probably like early 20s at the time still. And so I kind of just put it off. I knew I wasn't done having kids. Mm-hmm. And then my sister got tested for it and she was negative. So that was kind of like, okay, I'm probably fine. Um, and then a few years later, I knew I was done having kids and I was talking to a new doctor I had and she really wanted me to get the test done. So the timing seemed right. So I sent off a test, which is just like a spit in the tube test. <laughs> One of those it? that you can send in the mail. Yeah, you can do blood work, but insurance, you know, is a little crazy yeah. expensive sometimes. So this was like a better route for me. Was it um, expensive? The test was like a hundred between one hundred and two hundred dollars. But with insurance it was gonna be like closer to a thousand just because we have a high deductible. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, it wasn't bad at all to have to do it that way. So yeah, I sent it off in the mail. A few weeks later, got the message that they needed to talk to me on the phone to go over my results with me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I figured that probably wasn't great. Um, So, yeah, I talked on the phone with the genetic counselor, and she let me know that I did test positive for this BRCA2 mutation. And I was kind of explaining this to you earlier um, Mm -hmm. before we started recording, but I'll explain it for your listeners, too. So um, everybody has a BRCA1 and a BRCA2 gene, and those genes' jobs are to, like, fix um, mutations that can go wrong in your body and prevent you from getting cancer. So my BRCA2 gene has mutation or it's broken. So it can't do its job of preventing me from getting breast cancer. So Mm -hmm. um, that basically put me at about an 85% risk of getting breast cancer, Um, which (laughs) doesn't sound great. Um, So Mm -hmm. my options that I was given, um, or just like every six months have to do some type of screening, whether that's um, a mammogram, MRIs, ultrasound, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, or going the route of doing a preventive surgery, um, doing the mastectomy, which would basically just remove all my breast tissue and take my um, risk down to about 2 to 3% from 8%, oh, wow. <laughs> um, yeah. which the average person has like a 10% lifetime risk. So I would even be lower than that. Right. Um, So I think before I even found out my results, I kind of knew that that's the way I would go just because I want to be here for my kids. Is it really Um, 10%? I think maybe like a lifetime risk. So that's like up until you're like in your 80s, if that makes sense. That's so crazy. It might not be that high. I know my numbers, but I don't know. I should probably know the general public. (laughs) Yeah, I know my 85. (laughs) Um, So, um, yeah, it kind of was like, I hate to say it was a no-brainer. Because it was obviously not an easy decision to make. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I but I knew that, like, with those numbers, and I didn't want to be, like, having to wait until I called it. Even if I called it, I never wanted to have to, like, catch it early and deal with it at all. 
Um, So that was in February of 2018 that I found that out. And in July of the same year, I had a preventive mastectomy. So was that a double or a single or how does that work? It was a double. Um, so they removed like tissue from both Mm -hmm. and I had, um, like a first phase of reconstructive surgery at that Mm -hmm. time. And then in November I had like a second round where they just did like some scar revision and fat grafting and that kind of stuff just to like finish everything (laughs) correctly. So that was just with my, um, plastic surgeon the second time. Wow. That's so fascinating. Yeah. Um, so February, 2018. So can I ask how old you were? Cause I mean, you're pretty young. I'm trying to think when did I turn 30? I will be 33 this year. So I guess okay. I would have just turned 30 30-ish. in yeah. like that September. Right. I can't yeah. math, <laughs> but I think that's <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I knew we were done having kids. I, mm-hmm. I think by that time my husband had had a vasectomy. So we knew like we were just done. Um, we'd already made that decision. So that kind of took a huge load off because, you know, like the, you know, your, your boobs are important to having babies Mm -hmm. most of the time. So, (laughs) and like the type of reconstructive surgery I had, like I have, um, a hip to hip incision also because they use my own tissue for reconstruction. Um, so they like move tissue, blood vessels, artery, everything, and like move it to reconstruct new, can I say mm-hmm. boobs on your podcast? Cause I, yeah, feel, so right. I feel so weird saying <laughs> breast. Like that just sounds boobs. so <laughs> clinical. So yeah. So, so like they use your stomach tissue yeah. to rebuild. It's crazy. That um, is crazy. But yeah, it's pretty awesome. Isn't it crazy that like God has blessed us with like the technology where we oh, figured out how to take like nerve endings, it, like take right. like, flesh from one part of the body, put it on a different part of the body and like reconnect the nerve endings and the it's blood crazy. vessels. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. like sewed blood vessels back together. They like reattached, like pulled the artery out from my stomach tissue and reconnected it in my chest. It oh was crazy. I had to stay in the hospital yeah. three nights for that because they have to monitor and make sure like the artery does its job to right. make sure everything make works. But it's flow. like, yeah. yeah, living fat. So, I mean, yeah. From the outside perspective, everything kind of looks the same, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's just amazing. Yeah. Um, wow. I'm seriously blown away because I didn't really, until you told me in the message today, uh-huh. I had no idea that it was a preventative thing or right. that they could even do that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's so amazing. Yeah. I'm very, um, like, so thankful. So thankful. Yeah. Um, so in... The world, I feel like the world puts a lot of emphasis on, like, physical appearance and, like, I don't know, like, the value of a woman is in how she looks and stuff. Did you ever, like, battle that feeling, I guess, going through this whole process? Yeah, definitely. I think, like, especially this type of, yeah, this topic, um, or, like, just when I first found out, like, dealing with feeling like your body's betraying you, like the parts that make you a woman are betraying you. Mm -hmm. Um, and like this same genetic mutation affects like ovarian cancer too. So that, that like has to come into play. Um, and then just not knowing how things were going to look afterwards and dealing with, um, just all of it. There's scars on my body that I wouldn't have had before. Things definitely look different. And I know like when I first told people it was kind of easy for people to kind of brush it off. It's like, Oh great. You get to like get surgery, get new boobs, you know, all that kind of stuff. And Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, that's great. 
but also like not something I would have chosen for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So I, I don't say like, I don't frequently battle the body image issues, but they do creep in from time to time. Yeah. Um, and well, even silly stuff in? like, I don't know. I mean, maybe hormone, I don't know. Just like having an off day, um, or the days that I have a doctor's appointment mm-hmm. where all the anxiety kind of creeps in and I just get frustrated with the whole thing that I even had to deal mm-hmm. with it in the first place and just, you know, makes you mad sometimes. Right, and, I'm like, sure. silly stuff, like, I have these big incisions that people that don't know my story might think, like, I've had these surgeries just because I felt like it, which there's nothing wrong with that. But that's just, I don't know, just it all creeps in. I feel like the enemy can so easily, like, sneak those little jabs in here and there just mm-hmm. to make you, like, doubt and question and put fear in in a place where it doesn't belong. Yeah. So how has your relationship with God been affected through your journey? It's in so many ways, in so many ways. Um, I think I've never really gone through something super difficult up until this point. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's kind of like, quote unquote, easy to say, like, I trust him. Like, his plans are good. He's got this under control. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a different thing to have to actually live that out. Um, yeah, it's always so easy just to like, agree with the plan when the plan is pleasant. <laughs> the plan's <laughs> been great all this time. Like, I've got yeah. three wonderful kids, had them with no problem. I've got this wonderful husband and this wonderful life we've made together. So this was, like, the first super difficult thing I feel like I've had to walk through personally, like, that it affected me. Mm-hmm. Um, so just learning how to, like, depend on him moment by moment sometimes. Um, dealing with anxiety and depression that I've never really had to to deal with so much before. Um, Mm -hmm. and just having to trust that when he says he gives perfect peace and peace beyond understanding that he means it. And then he means it for me. Um, Mm -hmm. all of his promises are true for me and he's faithful to work all things for his good. Just standing on the truth of all those things and not just like saying it because it's a nice Bible verse, but actually like living it. Um, there's no way you can get through. I don't know how people get through such difficult things without that hope. Yeah. Do you remember a time where um, you kind of made that switch where those nice, pleasant Bible verses went from just being words to sustaining you? Uh, Probably from day one, I would say. Um, I mean, maybe it didn't always. I mean, not that I've always had this perfect faith through this whole thing, but from day one, I knew that like, if this test says this, then I know that God's not surprised by it. Mm-hmm. And um, he's got me through it. He's going to see me through it. It's not like, oh no, I didn't realize Hannah was going to have this issue. Right. So let's just Emily's see what about happens. To cry over here. That's like her favorite, oh, her favorite thing right now. You seriously yeah. just said the thing that I say all the time is God's not surprised, and I, I say that all the time. And I, it's such it a good reminder. Home. Yeah, like he's not thrown off by like what's going on in my life. He's known this, and he has a plan to use it. He right. always does. And if worst case scenario happens like that's not a surprise to him either and I have to just trust that like even though I can't see the big picture and even though this might not feel good for me right now like it is part of his plan and his good is better than my version of good yeah definitely and you know as as followers of Christ one thing we try and always do is take every situation and turn it to him like bring glory Mm -hmm. to him through that situation and I'm wondering Uh, have you had any opportunities to uh, glorify Christ um, in a way or in a capacity that you wouldn't have been able to to do if you hadn't had the situation? 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, just having opportunities like this is huge and something I might not have had otherwise. Um, mm-hmm. And I know hopefully there's not many people that can relate to this exact circumstance that are listening, but people can relate to sadness and people can relate to fear and anxiety and learning how to like balance both joy and those feelings at the same time and, and holding on to the truth that God is good, but also holding on to the fact that this really sucks and is hard. People can relate to that. And I'm able to share my part of my story and um, hopefully encourage other people to know that it's okay to feel a certain way, but still be able to stand on truth at the same time. Yeah, I'd love that. I think um, the world kind of approaches emotions in like a very unidimensional way. Yes. Where like you can only have like one type of emotion Mm -hmm. or you can only be feeling, I mean, even if you're feeling multiple things, like they, if you're feeling multiple things, it's presented as being a conflict. Um, Whereas everything about Christ is like bringing harmony to like multiple things, like multiple emotions, multiple concepts, like justice and mercy, sin and salvation, like all these things that he, he blends it together. And so he feels like the ultimate love and compassion. uh, But he also is a perfect judge. Right. Um, And so he can feel like anger or frustration or disappointment, but he also feels love and compassion at the same time. Right. Uh, And I think as we come closer to Christ, our capacity to do that also increases to feel like distraught and sad and angry, but also feel like the deep love and peace and confidence that comes from being a follower of Christ. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I think too, like as a believer and, you kind of feel like you're not allowed to have these like negative feelings and you're supposed to just, you know, present the joy and the happy and it's going to be okay. And that's not always like, that's not real. And, and Jesus wasn't like that either. You're totally right. And I think like the more we can trust him with our feelings, then um, the more we can experience his like goodness in the middle of them. Right. And like Christ is always honest, completely 100%. Like when he was in the garden of Gethsemane, uh, the night before he was taken, right? Uh, he said, "Like if you know, he basically said, hey, this kind of sucks. Like if I don't have yeah. to do this, I'd rather not do this. <laughs> yes. I, this doesn't sound great, God. Yeah, yeah. But I will do it. Yeah, uh, and because that, I love these people. Powerful. Yeah. So like the 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 love and the like, the being completely honest with yourself and completely mm-hmm. honest about your own emotions. Mm-hmm. You want to talk a little bit about that? Because sometimes as believers, we we want to kind of say, oh, like, well, I'm following Christ, and so I know everything's going to be okay, and so oh, I'm yeah. not, and I don't want to, like, admit that I'm having a hard time, or that I'm sad, or frustrated, oh, or yeah. angry. How do you so. know me so well? <laughs> yeah, I struggle with that a lot. a little bit, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I'm definitely a very, very positive person, and it was really, and it still is really hard for me to admit when I'm having hard emotions, or I feel angry, or, like, even we came home after my surgery and I'm trying to like take care of myself. Um, and my husband's offering to help and I'm like, I got it. I got it. I'm good. And then I'm still like shaking and about to throw up and pass out because I'm finally like, okay, I need to admit that this is really horrible, horrible and hard. And my body looks totally different and I look beat up and I don't, it was just so hard for me to get to the point of being able to say like, okay, this is a big deal. Like I don't have to just act like it's all good it's okay to be upset. Like it was, it was yeah. very difficult for me. And that was a huge, I guess, learning moment. Mm-hmm. 
I could talk about feelings and truth all day long. So <laughs> I feel like I talked about my kid, talk about that with my kids all day as we sort through that. But as a grown up, I need to know the same thing that like our feelings are feelings and they can change like the wind constantly, but the truth is always the truth. Right. Yeah. And I think that the inner, the way that our feelings kind of interact with, I don't know, our situations is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, like this idea that you're talking about, uh, like being true to your actual feelings is necessary in order for you to receive help from Christ. Yeah. Like you need to be honest with yourself if you want to receive the help, just like with your husband, like, like you, because you weren't being truly honest with yourself and, and your husband, you weren't able to get that help that you needed. Right. And then once, once you told him, then he was able to step in and, and, he was willing to step in before, but you weren't letting him step in. Right. Yeah. I feel like that's like that too. Exactly the same. Yeah. 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 He's like, Hey, Hey babe, I'm right here. I'm right here. Like just (laughs) ask, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we've talked about a lot of the different things, but I was just wondering too, is there, um, like one major lesson that you've learned from this or have we kind of already covered it? I feel like probably a lot of what I've shared already, just like, I feel like the holding joy and sadness at the same time has been like really huge for me to be able to navigate through. Um, Cause I say that all the time, like to my kids too, like you might feel a certain way, but that doesn't mean like you are a certain way. And so I had to teach that to myself too. Like you might feel really sad and you might feel really angry and broken and like the body image stuff, you might feel ugly, you might feel wrong, but the most true thing about you is what God has said about you and what he's done for you. Mm-hmm. So that was, I mean, I guess that's the biggest learning thing for sure. Just navigating yeah. hard times and having to totally depend on him. Right. And I love that because that applies to everybody, no matter if you're going through some serious trial or not. Yeah. I mean, that applies yeah. to us every day. So. And, and yep, I think definitely, I mean, that's the biggest difference, you know, uh, about the savior's peace as opposed to the world's peace. I mean, he said yep. his, he, his peace he gives unto us, not yes. the peace, not as the world giveth peace, but right, as right. I give peace. And so, like that peace looks very different than what the world would expect from peace or expect right. out of peace. Like the world wants things to be taken away, and so the world wants the cause of frustration to be taken right. away or the cause of disappointment. Uh, but the Savior's peace is a realization that our true hope is not in anything in the world or in any situation, it's in him. Yes. And so back to being rooted in him. Yeah. Back to being rooted in him. It's like my, my roots are in, are in Christ and not in the world. And Mm -hmm. so, uh, like I may want things to happen in the world a certain way, but, uh, if they don't like, that's okay. Right. And it's also like not a terrible thing to want the things in the world to happen a certain way. Like we don't have to just, I don't think Christ wants us to, um, you know, we talk about giving our will totally over to him, but I don't think he wants us to just not want anything. Right. Yeah. He says desire. he'll give us the desires of our heart. Yeah. Right. And he tells us to uh, pray to him unceasingly. Yes. Asking him for the desires of our heart. It's like, we can't just sit around waiting for him to tell us what, what he wants us to do, or we right. can't just sit around passively accepting everything that happens in life. Yeah. Right. Like we yeah. need to be engaged in life. Right. Man, this is a great conversation. This is good. It is. It's so good. (laughs) I'm just like, yes, amen. Keep going. Keep going. 
That is so awesome. That's good stuff. Well, it's interesting how we've had several people on who've had heartbreaking experiences. Yeah. Um, and how the the principles that keep people going in all these situations are pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. But how the Lord applies them to these people individually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but how it's like, it, it's really, it's pretty similar, like every time. Like, it, it's yeah. just cool to see how the Lord teaches principles that are applicable to everybody. To everybody, always in these situations. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, he's a big God, and he's a personal God at the same time, which is just yep. awesome. Yeah, in our church, we say he, we constantly say he ministers to the one. Yeah, right. that's like good. He cares about the entire herd, but he ministers to the one always. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like he left the 99 to get the one. Oh, yeah, so. that's good. Yeah, I love it. So, um, a logistical question. Okay. <laughs> about uh, podcasts or about boobs? Like, what are you asking about here? <laughs> we could go either way. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, what's next? I guess. Like, do you, are you done with surgeries? Do you have to be screened still? Are um, you? Like, I, yeah. What's next? Um, so, I only have to see my like breast specialist once a year now, which is awesome. Um, okay. I also just have like my regular OBGYN appointments, and then. Um, so that's just yearly that I'm seeing somebody for that. And then every six months I have to do some type of screening for ovarian cancer. So right now that looks like an ultrasound. Um, and then six months later, um, a blood work panel that can just look at this cancer antigen level in your blood. Mm-hmm. There's really not much they can do to screen, but that's kind of the best they can do. Um, they want me to have another surgery um, to remove my fallopian tubes. And then mm-hmm. um, when I'm closer to like 45 is when we're talking about removing ovaries. But because that mm-hmm. um, sends your body into menopause, <laughs> we're trying to put that off as long as possible. Yeah. Um, I also have not, like a, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, it sounds great. My husband will probably be super excited for that too. <laughs> I'll be real pleasant to be around. Speaking um, of how, how is he throughout all of this? He's been awesome. He's been awesome. I could not have asked for a better man. And when I told you, like, thinking about getting him married in 20, like, I always say, but it worked out really well. I mean, not that I had doubts in the moment, but, man, like, I could not have asked for a better person to do life with. I think he might be on the other side of the door right now. So I got to talk really good about him. But (laughs) it's very, very true. Through this whole quarantine (laughs) thing, I keep looking at him. And going, I really like you. I'm so glad we're stuck in this house together because I really yeah. like, I, just fun to be around. So yeah, he's been awesome. So supportive, so encouraging, took really good care of me when I needed him to, um, fixed my hair for me when I couldn't do it. You know, anything you could think of. I don't know. I would be totally so willing to do that, but I don't know if I have the skill set. Okay. I mean, it wasn't great, but it was very kind. <laughs> <That's interesting. laughs> like, I think if I did like brushed and, a L- little frizzy still. Like, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's not all I can do. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> just <laughs> funny to watch a dude try to do a ponytail. Like, when you've never done uh, one before, it's real funny. Luckily, I have a daughter, so I have a little bit of practice. Oh, uh, yeah, there's, that's true. <laughs> we don't have any. We're just full of boys over it. here. Still yeah. super bad. <laughs> um, what was his journey with Christ like throughout this? Uh, I mean... I feel like he's kind of been on the same page of just having to like pray and trust. He's definitely one that keeps his emotions um, more close to his chest. So Mm -hmm. that would probably be a question that we better ask to him. But I mean, he's been, he's solid he's so solid in what he believes. And 
I can come to him with my concerns and my, like when my anxiety is like out of control, he's just super steady um, and points me back to what's true always. Maybe we'll have to have a uh, follow-up episode with both of you guys on. (laughs) I'll ask him. I don't know if I could get him to volunteer for that, but I would definitely ask. He's pretty awesome. If nothing else, you'll have to meet him Yeah, once we're allowed to see people again. Right. Well, um, what, there's something else we want to talk about, right? Oh. Oh, oh, oh. Yes. I have you a question. You win. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready. All the random questions. <laughs> no, I'm ready. I love it. Okay. So, you are an artist also. Yeah. I think that might have been how I found you, but um, has your art been influenced by your experience at all? Um, I'm trying to think if it really has. I think just knowing that I wanted my art to be more meaningful mm-hmm. than it had been in the past. And I loved reading that. Like you shared that too, at some point, or maybe you talked about it on, on the podcast. I can't remember mm-hmm. where I heard you say that. Like I liked doing the art that I was doing. I did lots of really cool, like Louisiana themed stuff and it mm-hmm. sold and it did well. Um, but I just kind of got burnt doing it. And so I knew that if I wanted to invest my time, um, in yeah. doing that, that I wanted it to mean something to me and mean something to the person that was getting the piece of art. Right. So it's really been cool to have like that whole practice or work or whatever you want to say, turn into like this really cool form of worship mm-hmm. um, and getting to, I mean, there's people I'm sure that buy my art that maybe don't know Jesus, but they're getting a piece of them in their house, whether yeah. they realize it or not. Right. So it's just been this really cool experience for me to really just see how God created me and how um, we're made in his image, which means we're creators too. Um, and be able to use what gifts he's given me in order to like show his glory to other people and to bring joy and hope and light to others. So I think that's been a shift. I really hadn't thought of it as like lining up with all of this, but it kind of does. Mm-hmm. So that's a good yeah. question. That is so cool. And your art is so beautiful. I Thank love, you. I love looking at it. It's so pretty. Yeah. I love what you do too. I'm not skilled at, um, the <laughs> stuff that you do. So I really love to see it too. <laughs> It's a lot of fun, and I'm glad yeah. that we're both able to connect over that. So that's I know cool. it's so awesome. All right, well, um, if our listeners want to connect with you, where can they find you? Hey, I'm on um, Instagram. So if you want to follow me for like personal stuff, you can follow me at Cold Coffee Hot Mess. Um, and if you want to follow along with my artwork, that's at Hannah L Creative. Both on Instagram, they're okay. on Instagram and Facebook, and websites are the mm-hmm. same too. Cold Coffee Hot Mess dot com, Hannah L Creative dot com try to make it as simple as possible for everybody yeah. <laughs> sweet well thank you so much hannah we loved talking with yeah, you yeah it's been a great conversation i think uh we're definitely gonna come over and get some eggs at some point yes. and we're, yeah. our kids need to hang out and i yeah. hope that we can work together again i think this would be yeah. this was a really fun conversation i, I loved it i, really, I loved it really thank y'all so much kind of dive into some other topics too mm-hmm. yeah it's been really great thank y'all so much for having me it was fun yeah of course no talk you. to you later all right bye guys see bye. ya keep the faith <laughs>